0: This is it, live, back in action, streaming through your airwaves. This is the Root for Sports podcast, baby, presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman coming to you from a home studio in South Florida, and I'm going solo, NFL action. We got a few things to talk about. We got some updates going on, and I am here for you for a quick show. We're going to be back with 3rd and 3 this Sunday with Nikki Gist and Damian Adams. I can't wait for that. We always have a blast. I always have a bunch of laughs. It's going to be a lot of fun. More guests coming through, but today, like I said, I'm going to ride solo, and I want to get right into it with you guys. I don't want to waste any time. Let's rock and roll. I want to focus a little bit, a little bit on the quarterbacks today, guys, a little bit. All right, uh, but I do want to get into some other things with you, so let's let's get into it right now. I want to start with the Packers. And other the people have beaten beating this to death, but listen, the way that I feel about the whole thing is that, yeah, Rodgers got screwed over. I don't think there's any two ways about it. I don't know what more you can ask from a guy to do for your organization. He's been absolutely nothing short of incredible. I know only one Super Bowl, but he hasn't had as much help. We all know about not drafting any quote-unquote skill positions in the first round for God knows the last 10, 15 years. And yeah, they got him some offensive line help, and that's great because they did get beaten up a little bit by the 49ers and a couple other teams up front last year, despite a 13-3 and record. And, uh, yeah, a lot of Matt LaFleur stuff worked. There's no doubt about it. You know, going with the running game, Aaron Jones was great in there, but dude, you just like step in here. Like, you know, this little brand new head coach, you know, no disrespect, really the guy knows what he's talking about, but to basically throw Aaron Rodgers aside already and a punch in the face by drafting, not just drafting, but moving up in the draft to get Jared Love, a quarterback who we're not sure about yet and may not play for a couple of years. This could be the Brett Favre situation all over again. It's crazy. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I would really want out. He's given Green Bay everything he's got. He sh- deserves to go to a winning franchise, a team that wants to win with him right now. Now, God knows I would love it to be the 49ers. I can't because the salary implications and stuff, they're not going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, the Packers, that is, obviously. So I, that's really not an option at this point. And that's unfortunate. But Rodgers can go <laughs> somewhere else. I mean, could you imagine him on New England right now? I mean, gosh. But you know what? You want Jared Love, Jordan Love, excuse me, you got him. You know what? You want to play him? Go ahead. Otherwise, this is going to be a very frictional situation in Green Bay. It already is. I can't imagine how Rodgers is feeling. I already tweeted out to him that he should get the heck on out of there, find a better place. I'm sure that half the team would love to have the, excuse me, half the teams on the league would love to have this guy right now, even at the age of 36. I mean, 26 touchdowns, four picks last year, and that was a bad year for Aaron Rodgers. That's a spectacular year for anybody else. Give me a break. So, again, the guy's still got plenty left in the tank, and they did nothing to help him. Nothing. I don't know how this is going to be. If he does play there again this year, it'll probably be one more year, and they're going to you know, hopefully find a trade for him. And he deserves better. He's been a guy, again, a Pro Bowl, All-Star, Hall of Fame quarterback that you can just, I mean, again, unbelievable how they have basically treated him. And I can't believe the guy is stuck there and given, again, Green Bay, everything he possibly could. So, Aaron, I wish you all the best of luck. Look, I'm not a huge fan of him off the field. He could be a little cocky, but quarterbacks kind of have to do that. And he's proven over and over again that he's got the goods. You just got to help him out because football is the ultimate freaking team sport. Any quarterback will tell you that. Look at Brady, especially back in the early days. He wouldn't have won those championships without that defense. And even getting Randy Moss, you know, going 18-1, and I know the lost the Super Bowl. But anybody's going to tell you, get weapons. Get weapons, all right? The Cowboys did that with C.D. Lamb, especially their 17th overall pick. I'll get into this number uh, 88 thing real quick. You know, that's what the Cowboys do. You know, with Drew Pearson started at 88, the draft Michael Irvin gave him 88. Same thing with Des Bryant, gave him the number 88. CeeDee Lamb wanted to wear number 10, but with the respect, the Cowboys are showing him and saying, hey, look, we drafted you. We want you to be homegrown, homebred, everything like that. Wear the number 88. Carry on the tradition. Des Bryant did a good job of that for a while, but then really faded out. So he didn't really live up to the number 88, although his skill set did. CeeDee Lamb's skill set certainly does. And, you know, if I were him, and this is just me, I would take number 88 and smile and call, call Pearson, call Irvin, and even Des Bryant and say, hey, look, I'm going to give this all I got with the number 88 and try to carry on the tradition. Now, numbers are a funny thing in football, guys, all right? This is an interesting thing. I can even tell you from playing just in high school that the number that I wanted, I would feel more comfortable in on the field, even though it has nothing to do with how I'm going to play, it makes you feel Better wearing a certain number. That's why players pick certain numbers. That's why C.D. Lamb wants number 10 or just Jameis Winston wanted number three or Tom Brady wanted number 12, whatever it is. Numbers make, excuse me, players feel better. And some emulate, you know, their favorite heroes and will wear their number, um, you know, as they come into the league and things like that. But, uh, you know, some side of me says, you know, let him wear what he wants. But the other thing is, again, it's an incredible honor to have that. So I think that Lamb, you know, should take it from my perspective and realize that again, it is such a great honor for them to even ask him to wear that uh, again with the Cowboys. They did more than that. Um, even in free agency, getting ha ha Clinton Dix, um, you know, signing Amari Cooper again, uh, Blake jar when they re-signed, you know, who's an intricate part of the offense. They still haven't signed Dak Prescott. They got the franchise tag on and we'll see how that works out again, getting another weapon with CD lamb. Now you got him and Amari Cooper on the outside. No excuses left. Ezekiel Elliott, running back. you got the offensive line. Granted, it's not as great as it was maybe a year or two ago with Travis Frederick gone now. I understand all that. But look, this team should be ready to go. And I think that defense should be ready to go as well. They're going to have to get coached up a little more. But I see the Cowboys doing more of what they did in 2018 as opposed to 2019. So we'll see. They even brought in Alden Smith from my 49ers going back five years ago. The guy had incredible talent. Uh, A lot of off-field issues, as we know. Things happen. Don't want to get into it right now. not part of the show at the moment, but uh, they signed him. So they're going all in. Even Gerald McCoy, for goodness sake. Now, I know he's in his latter days, but they're going all in. Don Terry Poe, another guy that they signed. Look, Dallas is going all in right now. We'll see what happens with Dak down the road, but that team is ready to rock and roll. And I think big things are going to happen out of him this year. I really do. Another team that I saw have a really, really good draft and teams have been up and down on them left and right and so on and so forth. But the Cleveland Browns did a really good job, you know, getting their offensive lineman and Jedrick Wills and signing Jack Conklin to be on the other side. You got Austin Hooper, a great pass catching tight end, along with Odell. Along with Jarvis Landry, I mean, come on, the weapons are all over the place. So you need something to put it together as Kevin Stefanski, the head coach to do that. That remains to be seen, but that's what they think. Look, excuses are out the window right now. Yeah, they need to be coached up, but at the same time, look at all this talent. Granted, they're not going to have the offseason as they normally would to go through it. Uh, So that will be tough, but excuse me again. There's so much talent on this team. And again, there are smart football players and smart personnel around as well. I know that really doesn't correlate with the Cleveland Browns, but they have been changing their organization over the past couple of years. And I think for the better, they had a bad season last year, a very bad season. They completely were just totally underachieved. And I wasn't shocked by it because it was their first year together with all that talent. Now it's their second year. Let's see what happens. Odell is a big part of this. They're talking a lot about trades with him possibly after the season, even midway through the season. They got to find a way to get him more involved in the offense because Jarvis Landry is a volume catcher. He's going to pick up you know, 90, 100, 110 grabs even a year, where Odell will probably get you 70, and they'll be big plays. But it hasn't worked out yet. So Baker and him got to really get on the same page. But all that being said, if the Browns do get some time together, They can coincide. I really believe things are going to work out for them. And they could be a playoff team this year. And let's not forget, seven teams from each conference. Maybe they'll be that seventh team and break this curse that they've had for so long. Staying in the same division, Andy Dalton just got released yesterday. Landing spots for him are few and far between, guys. There's really not a lot for a guy like him at the moment. All right, At the moment. But can he start somewhere? That's the question. The answer is probably one spot. And it would be the New England Patriots for me. It really would. And I know that they're high on Stidham and they want to give him a role and see what he's got going. But why not bring in an experienced player right now to work with some of these other guys when they build the defense? Andy Dalton has been to the playoff four times with the Cincinnati Bengals, which is almost unheard of. Hasn't had success in the playoffs. We know that. But that's again due to the personnel around him, the teams they played. Uh, Marvin Lewis being a 13 year head coach with that organization when it was probably 10 years too late. Uh, all, all due respect to Marvin Lewis, I am a big fan of his. But Dalton still has stuff left in him. I believe he's only 32 years old. Now, again, is he a guy that you look to to bring to the Super Bowl? That uh, you could bring a team to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Maybe only in a couple of spots, and maybe one of them is the Patriots. They got that defense. They got the head coach. Now they got to get better offensive weapons, which is something Andy Dalton isn't used to really playing with, with A.J. Green going down every other season with an injury. So they're having to adapt to that, and Andy Dalton has been through it. I think that he'd be a great guy to bring in to either challenge Stidham for the spot or maybe initially back him up if that's the way they want to go. Maybe Jacksonville is a landing spot. All they got now is Gardner Minshew. Nick Foles is out after one season, so that was a broken project. Um, I thought Jacksonville, like I said, should have gone for Jared Love. I I keep calling him Jared. I'm sorry. Jordan Love. I apologize. Jordan Love in the draft. I thought that would have made a little bit more sense for a team like that who's looking to rebuild all over the place. And sometimes you do got to start with the quarterback like the Bengals did by drafting Joe Burrow. Now, I would have had no problem. Again, I've said this before on this show and others that – the Bengals, you know, look, if you got a franchise quarterback and they believe Joe Burrow's the guy, then yeah, you go for it. Stick with it. But man, if they could have got three, four picks, a couple of first rounders extra on top of what they had already, you really want to build a team. Quarterbacks will come. They will come. And we see young ones coming in and they're starting right away. So again, you know, it's up and down. We'll see what, uh, what Burrow can do with this team and if he can make them better right away. But Um, Again, as for Andy Dalton, who was the Bengals quarterback for the past past, what uh, nine seasons, ten seasons already, the Broncos was a a thought, but no, they're going to stick with Drew Locke, the Chargers, they drafted Justin Herbert, now they have Tyrod Taylor, would they bring in Andy Dalton to maybe start for that team or have some competition, I don't know, but where he goes right now is definitely a mystery, I like the Pats, I think that he would fit really well there, get the ball out quick, doesn't need to throw it downfield a whole lot. That's not their forte. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see if uh, the Patriots did sign him in the next day or two. If not, I'm really not sure where he's going to go and what the future holds for him. All right, so that's Andy Dalton, again, an average to maybe a little bit above average quarterback. Don't forget, he did bring that team to the playoffs, the Bengals, that is, uh, four times they didn't win, um, and they did have a very good defense. But Not a great offense. He did a very good job um, at that time. Again, we're years down the road now. Let's see what he has left. Sticking with the quarterbacks, and that's where I'm at right now, I haven't had a chance to talk about Jalen Hurts going to Philly. There's been 50-50 split on this. Some people love the pick because of the fact that, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, you don't know. I mean, the guy gets hurt every single year. And you need to have a solid backup quarterback. And if anybody knows that, it's the Philadelphia Eagles because their backup quarterback recently in the last couple, three years – Nick Foles, ironically, was the backup quarterback and had that great run and beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl to earn their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Amazing story. Your movie will be written about it in probably seven to ten years from now. So I'm cool with what they did. All right. Um, They did have some help in other places. They did move around. You know, it's not like it was Jalen Hurts and that was the end of the story. But. To me, it was a great pick because he's the kind of guy that you can plug in, and he can do a great job. He played college football for like 13 years. I, I, I really like what he brings. He does bring experience. I know from the collegiate level, but they have done other things. Again, they drafted also Jalen Rager. They have to upgrade. They had to upgrade at a wide receiver, obviously. With you know the whole Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson getting hurt. What's going on with um, Nelson Aguilar, who has left town already? So. You got all that going on. They tried to get a few more guys on defense. Darius Slay, cornerback from the Lions. Excellent, excellent pickup. A cornerback they needed desperately. Jalen Mills they re-signed over there, so I think that's great for them. But going back to Jalen Hurts, look, if Carson Wentz goes down, you can almost immediately feel like you can rely on a guy like Jalen Hurts because of his experience. Again, albeit at the collegiate level, but he can play football. He can play football let him learn the playbook, let him get his reps in, whatever it may be. Now, hopefully, he doesn't take the field. That's exactly what Philly wants, is for him not to take the field, meaning Carson wants us healthy and doing a great job. But, again, I'm down with the pick because you do, and it shows, again, what Teddy Bridgewater did last year for the Saints. You need a backup quarterback. You really, really do. And these backup quarterbacks are showing now that they're getting starting jobs elsewhere, and they're able to take teams and move them on. We'll see how Teddy Bridgewater does for the Panthers this year. I'm very excited about that. Sticking with the quarterbacks, the last one I want to talk about today is Jameis Winston, who had recently signed with the New Orleans Saints, guys. I freaking love it. I love it. To me, there's no better spot Winston could have gone. Staying in the division, so he's got familiarity. I cannot say that word freaking at all. Cut it. Anyway, the NFC South. All right, he's been in that division. Now you put him on probably the best team in that division. Some will argue the Bucks right now, which is his former team. 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. That's a beautiful thing. And that shows a lot of talent, a lot of skill, a lot of know-how. The 30 interceptions, big problem. Some will say not all his fault because he has to throw the ball down the field so much. Um, look, Jameis Winston is going to lo- learn a lot from Drew Brees and from Sean Payton, and maybe even from Taysom Hill. Who knows? But he's going to get better in that system. If he has to come in and play, then he will this season if Brees does get hurt. God forbid that happens. But in all likelihood, this is the grooming season for Winston to make his comeback. Likely Drew Brees is done after the season. Maybe he's got another one left in it after this one in 2021. All right? But Winston is clearly his successor, and all they got to do... And easier said than done, I understand, but he's got the right guys in place. Cut down on the turnovers, especially the interceptions. He's also prone to fumble the ball. If he cuts that down even in half, we're looking at a Pro Bowl quarterback and a guy who can even take you to the Super Bowl. Now, I've never said that about Jameis Winston in my life. I did a podcast about three years ago where it was kind of like a Jameis Winston bashing session where I never understood why he was the first overall pick, yada, 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 went on and on and on. And I still believe that. But he's in a great spot right now in New Orleans. And again, where he's going to have the opportunity to play. This isn't like, all right, come and be a, be our backup. We'll see what happens. Maybe you'll get in and get to play at some point. No, you're the successor to Drew Brees. And Drew Brees is going to teach you everything he knows. Because what has he got to lose? He's going to retire. That's it. It don't make a difference no more. And Brees loves the Saints. He loves New Orleans. So you know what? He's going to want to give them everything he possibly can. And you know, Sean Payton's going to be all over it. Love that signing right there. Solid job. There's been a lot of solid jobs around the league this year. I got to tell you, you know, I, seven teams again in each conference. I'm really looking forward to this. This is what I had proposed. I also had proposed that the, we have two bye weeks in the NFL. When I originally came out with this about a year ago. So we know no, the NFL stole all their ideas from me. We got that. I said one bye per conference, seven teams. Yep, they took that one too. So I do like the setup. I'd like the setup, but I would like the teams to have two bye weeks. I think that would help out a lot. And that's going down into the future because right now we know that the 2020 season is really upheld at the moment. We're not sure what's going on. The last thing I want to talk about with you guys today before we close it out, I know it's been a short show. Usually we're going in an hour, hour and a half uh, with plenty of guests and, of course, my team with Damien and Nikki. But I want to talk about my Niners for a quick second. Uh, first of all, love what they did in the draft. You guys have heard me talk about that. Um, I wasn't huge on the first uh, on their first pick, going defensive line with Kinlaw, but he's a he's an excellent player and very highly coveted coming out of college. So I'm good with that. Especially knowing that we have to fill in for DeForest Buckner. Then they went ahead and traded back up in the first round. They had the 31st pick, but they traded back to get. Brandon you and excuse me, I'm not pronouncing that right, Damien, where are you, bro? I need you with the help and the pronunciations, but that was their top wide receiver that they were targeting. I'm talking even over Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs and Jefferson, all those guys. They wanted this guy, Brandon Alliuk, and they got him, and they solidified their draft right there in the first round, but you know what else they did? They signed Trent Williams, who is perhaps the best left tackle in football right now, if not top three who are probably going to have to pay because Joe Staley retired. Um, we knew a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't feeling as healthy. He was on the brink of retirement. Officially, he did retire a few days ago. So now we're looking at Trent Williams on the left side from Washington. Great, great pickup by the Niners. Again, we're solidified all over the place. And trying to solidify it even more is extending George Kittle's contract. That guy does everything. We know that he and Kyle Juszczyk are basically the backbone of our team or our offense, especially. George Kittle is a guy that we have to keep under all circumstances. We do have the the luxury of having some rookie contracts out there right now, but we just paid Eric Armstead a whole bunch of money, and guys are going to want more money as we come along. Look, Nick Bosa in a few years is going to want a whole bunch of cash, and look, how could you deny him for that? So, the Niners are going to have to be very careful over here who they sign, who they keep, what they do, have they maneuver money, so on and so forth. But for the next year or two, this team is so fully built to win the Super Bowl, it's ridiculous. All Jimmy Garoppolo has got to do is not F up. Don't do it. Play smart football. We don't need to throw the ball 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. We do what the Saints do we dink and dunk. We play strong defense. We run the hell out of the ball. And again, having George Kittle there for an extended period of time is going to do nothing but help the run game because he can block the pass game because he can catch and yards after catch what he does. And again, he's a guy who could take a screen pass for 40, 50 yards down the field and carry three football players on his helmet. Got to keep George Kittle. So again, get that deal done. All right, guys, we have so much more to talk about. Again, I wanted to make this a short show today. I thank you for listening. I appreciate it again. Jason Fearman here from the Roof of Sports Podcast, presented by the Sports Column. Love those guys. You can check out my articles over there. I haven't written anything in a week or two since the draft, but going to get back on that. Look, in a couple of days uh, on Sunday, we're going to go third and three. Nikki, Damian, and me will be in the house talking NFL football a lot more than today. Just had a few things I wanted to get off my chest. So again, guys, thank you so much for hanging with me. It's been Awesome. Rufus Sports podcast. Everybody stay safe, stay smart. Look, I know we want to get the economy going again. This is not a political show, but health comes first. Make sure you're wearing your mask, gloves if necessary. Be careful. Don't touch your face, wash your hands. Let's stop this pandemic so we can maybe get football this year somehow close to relatively on time. And for the sake of everybody, the health of the world, and again, especially here at home where basically a third of this pandemic has been hit. Guys, band together. Let's take care of each other. Let's do our thing. Let's sports unite us. Root for Sports Podcast. We're out. We'll see you in a couple of days.